there. I am SF Rogers, and welcome to Author's Chaos. And I am DL Golden. Um, as always, guys, quick disclaimer, we aren't professionals at this. We're just trying to build community, talk to some authors, um, get some um, information out there, books out there, promote some people, because it's hard out there for an indie author. So we just want to give that disclaimer that any advice that we give, we aren't professionals, don't go betting on it. But today we are talking to... Justin J. Gladstone, and I am the author of The Other Side. Whoop, whoop. We're actually really stoked to have you yeah. on. Uh, our sister-in-law actually is going to have you on her podcast. I think she's streaming that starting in October, and she was super excited. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I have been working on this book series for about 15 years now. Um, it started without, or it started with, with just one book in mind. And what ended up happening is, as I was plotting it, I was like, you know what? I don't think I can tell this story in just one book. And eventually, I just ended up writing, um, I think, let's say up to seven books. And then I condensed it, and here we have a pentology of five books, which now I'm aiming to tell the world. Nice. So, so you have you have how many books out now? Is it two? Yep. Right now, I have two published, and I'm actually on the process of... Um, or actually just started beta reading for my third book. That's awesome. So excited. So what it what is your book about? Like is it fantasy? Is it sci-fi? What's the genre? That is a very good question. You know, for the longest time, I actually thought it was sci-fi. Um, but I think the best way to put it is and I actually have the copy right here. So here it is. It's called The Other Side. Um, it is a psychological thriller with mystery and sprinkles of sci-fi. But pretty much it's about a world that reflects ours. So this guy right here, right? No, wait, this guy right here, he's from our planet, which is earth. And then this guy is from planet heart. And basically there's a guy, what they learn is that emotions reflect one another. They think, okay, you know what? If happiness equals depression on the other side, what would happen if we took a bunch of people in this world and trapped them in permanent misery? Would that create perma- um, a set of permanent happiness on the other side? And that's that's me trying to just put it very simply. It's um, it starts off with you know something as simple as a bunch of characters having um, mental disorders, and then it dives into much deeper facets of the mind. Okay. I absolutely love the idea of that. And I love that you don't have this hard classification for what you're calling it. You're saying, oh, it's got these sprinkles of sci-fi because in my writing, I wrote Origins, which is my very first book. And I put that out in May 1st. And it is technically fantasy, but there are sprinkles of sci-fi in that. And so I've been lovingly calling it science fantasy um, for people who have read it. And it's interesting to see other people blending genres like that as well. That sounds like a really fascinating take to have. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's hard to put your book in a box when you might've been inspired by other things other than let's say science fiction, because believe it or not, the only other things I, first of all, um, I actually didn't read a lot of books growing up and I know it's ironic. I'm an author and I didn't read a lot, but I was inspired by video games and a lot of them that I was a fan of was like, you know, Zelda, it was an adventure game for like Nintendo and all that. Then you have Kingdom Hearts, which is a role-playing video game, you know, that kinds of stuff. So I'd never really had exposure to science fiction. Um, 
the closest I get to science fiction is introducing other dimensions, but it's more so the concept of it. It's more, if anything, focused on psychology. And what I really like doing is um, pacing everyone slowly and then giving a big reward as we go forward. So yeah, it doesn't fall under <laughs> science fiction, just barely. Right. Well, the minute you mentioned Kingdom Hearts, I'm like, oh, well, these two are going to be friends. Yeah, absolutely. You like Kingdom Hearts? Favorite game, John. Game in general, yeah. I've nice. And if I can't get started on it, he won't stop. Yeah. (laughs) We can't derail it like that, man. So. So what's fascinating is that he was not really a reader when we were growing up. Like, I was the reader. Um, I read a lot of books growing up, but he read more manga and got like shown in jump in the mail and things like that. But he definitely, so when he told me he was writing, I was like, you're what you're writing a, <laughs> writing a book. Like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I have a whole plan. And I'm like, have you read a book? Like, is that a real thing, yeah. Daniel? And he was like, well, Emily's helping me, which is his wife. And I was like, okay. Sounds good, but his book is really good. So it's kind of surprising to me to like meet someone else who's like, hey, yeah, I didn't, wasn't really a reader. Yeah. And I, I thought I was the only one, like, um, and I feel so bad sometimes too, because people are like, hey, um, what do you think I should do with this part in a book? And I'm like, I don't know. I like, I understand story structure, but when it came to reading, I had to, like I binged all of Harry Potter in like two weeks because I had to find out, you know, what the format and what the pacing was like for a story. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I thought I was the only one who was just inspired by video games. Like Final Fantasy VII was the game that actually made me say, you know what, I need to make something like this. But back then, it was just me wanting to be a, a um, like a, a storyboard writer for video games. I only really stepped into wanting to write a book because I was like, one – Hiring a manga designer or artist is going to be a lot of money, which is still something I aim to do in the future. But I was like, in order for this to get out there in general, I need to start out with a book, which is something anybody can learn how to do if they put their mind to it. Right. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really fascinating because you'll get you'll be on book talk, um, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, what are you reading? What are you reading? What are you reading?" I am just I'm not a heavy reader. And, yep. um it's just i i think a lot of it growing up we were forced to read i was forced to read in school for like ar i didn't didn't gel with that um Same. forcing me to do something my adhd does not allow me to do that and so i am my stuff is heavily inspired by anime and manga and um video games especially if you ever read any of that stuff but you've already sold me i'm trying to pick your stuff up now so <laughs> i'll have to i'll have to check it out for sure. So you have two, but you said you're working on getting the third published. Do you have like a published date? Are you in the midst of like having beta readers? Like where are you at with that third book? So right now, <clears throat> right now I'm trying to do two things at once. Um, I have actually only been on TikTok for about a month, a month, May 22nd, just somewhere around there. Um, but I'm actually starting fresh in terms of, um, building an audience and such. So before I put that third or while I'm preparing everyone to get that third book out, what I'm trying to do is build people into first, the first and second book before I even get to that third, because if I don't have anyone that's even rooting for it or that even knows about the series, it might as well have not as, um, watch it all. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to gather arc reader. I'm trying to gather as many arc readers as I can. For my first and second book, I'm sending out free ebooks and all that kinds of stuff. And at that same time, I have someone beta reading the third book. 
And in August, I'm going to send that third book out to the editor. And I'm aiming to have the book come out anytime between September and December. Um, Because there's still a lot more stuff I have to get, such as like, uh, they're like these unique monsters I have in um, the third book that I think there's like nine or 10 drawings that I have to get. So there's a few things I need, um, but that's my window. Okay. There you go. Um, So you said you'd only started on TikTok about a month ago. How have you been marketing your book before that point, your other two? Um, Pretty much just Instagram. That that was where I started like in social media. Like I had Twitter, I had Facebook. Um, if we're going to go chronologically, like with Facebook, it started out with, you know, you make a Facebook page, you invite people to it. But unfortunately, Facebook took the route where they're like, you know what? How about $5 for five people to view your posts? And then after that, it just I was just like, you know what, forget it. Um, so I went to Instagram, tried to... Um, get more immersed in the bookstagram community, which worked for a long time. You know, right now my book has 97 ratings and it's because of sending ARC readers to, or I'm sorry, sending ARC copies of my book to people in countries like, you know, Argentina, um, Colombia, things of that nature or countries of that nature. Um, and in doing that, it would make them say, Hey, you know what? I like this book. This is what I give it. Why don't you guys try it out? They would share it on their stories. And as a result, my book would get born notoriety. The downside was that a lot of people at this time were, you know, going to school, starting families. Um, there are a lot of things. So I, I brought them into the book series knowing that I'd lose them one day, but I was grateful for the help I got. Now the algorithm of course, on Instagram betrayed me. You've probably seen a lot of videos I made about me making fun of that and making light of it. But my likes went from 20 to 30 likes to just nine per post. So I was like, okay, I'm not getting anything on here. I heard TikTok's algorithm was very um, rewarding towards those who want organic growth. So I was like, you know what? Let me try working out on here. And believe it or not, for the first time in my years of writing or marketing, I'm actually seeing sales. I'm actually seeing like people buying the book voluntarily. So it's like what I'm doing to market myself is, you know, of course, talk about the book. I'll try to talk about the world. Um I try to talk about the fact that there are more than 50 QR codes in it and that um, if you scan those QR codes, you could either see characters that, um, you know, the characters are seeing in real time or environments. They're also reversible text within it. So if you hold it to a mirror, you can see like riddles and stuff like that inside. The third book's going to have a lot more of this too. Um, So I would just tell people about those fun interactive elements within and then maybe they'll be interested. Maybe they'll get it. Um, really, yeah. really cool. that actually like really grabbed my attention right. when you said that you had QR <laughs> codes in there. Like I would have honestly never thought to right. do that, to like put a QR code where they can see what the characters are seeing. Yeah. That's, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I had actually considered implementing uh, QR codes into my books um, in the future. Just, I, so I'm a fifth grade teacher, and so I have students that tend to grab my books, and they're not for fifth graders. Um, so it's like if I can put a QR code in there and age gate a chapter or something so they can't access that right away, that That's might smart. save my job. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, it, it's fascinating that you've also taken that, that route of doing that. I love that idea that there's hidden stuff in there that you can access by digging deeper. That's super, super cool. So it's you, fun. You said 15 years you've been writing, right? Writing this. Yeah. Have you been specifically writing this for 15 years? 
Yeah, I've um, so I came up with this 15 years ago. I have only really stayed within the universe of the other side, um, and I've been I've been outlining really every book going all the way to the end. So I have everything already written. I have things printed, <clears throat> but what I've been doing throughout the years is maturing the books along with. Put it this way: I since I wrote everything before at a time when you know I was less mature. When I when it's time to let's say work on book three, I'll say okay, it's time to catch it up to who I am today. Let's mature it with what I've learned, and then I'll catch it up, and then you know, um, yeah. proceed to editing that way. So is that is that what you meant when you wrote on your form that it was for ages thirteen to eighteen plus? So has it gone from a younger audience to an older audience as the series has progressed? Then I'd say I'd say the youngest that I'll put it this way. Honestly, anybody could read it, starting from like ages seven to nine. And I say this only because I, I know what kids are getting exposed to. Everybody plays Call of Duty. We've all seen violence. We've all heard language and that kinds of stuff. Um, these things are already out in the world. They exist. But for safety precautions or to establish parameters, I tell everyone 13 to 18, um, just because it's a safe starter. It, it, the story has to do with, you know, teenagers going into adulthood. So they'll probably be able to identify with that. Um, I feel like there's another part to that. <laughs> no, you're good. I was just, I was just curious if it had, if it had started a, a younger, with like a younger audience in mind, and had progressed to an older audience as you got older with it. Well, you know what? When when this book series is finished, I actually have a children's book I already have printed out that's within the other side. So what I'm going to do is it's gonna it's gonna kind of create like um, what is it? What do they call it? Have you ever seen like one of those charts where it shows like, not, not the circle of life, but it shows like, let's say I'm going to butcher the name, but it's like a deer eating a plant, the food chain. That's what they call it. Food chain. So it's kind of like that. Um, So it's going to start of course with like books one going all the way to five. When book five is finished, then we can move on to the epilogue, which would then be a children's book. I mean, adults could read it too. What's going to happen is on a marketing standpoint, kids would then see that book and they'll be like, Oh, this looks cool. And then when they get to a certain age and they're, let's say, like 13, they'll be like, wait a minute. I read that when I was a kid. You're telling me this is a whole book series? And it's like it constantly loops into itself. But I want um, children's books to teach, you know, certain aspects about, like, science. And you see, now I'm going into science. But um, certain aspects about the multiverse and fun things like that, math, science, space, time, that kind of stuff. Um, And it'll still be loyal to the other side. But everything's pretty much within that. I love that. That's, That's great. Cool. Like that. It's just, I don't even like, I don't even know. Like <laughs> I, so I have seen your stuff on TikTok, right? I just randomly, my for you page just showed you to me one day and I was like, Hey, I'm going to send this to JC and DL and like get his videos out there. And I think it was like, you were sharing like a piece of advice or something um, was the first video I ever saw of you. And then the more that like I've seen your videos, I've seen like the covers of your book and I've heard you kind of talk about the other side, but I don't think I realized how in depth you had gone into your world building because like that's something that as a fantasy writer, like I'm in my first draft of my first book I'm going to publish, right? And like, I feel like I'm creating this world, but like I talk to someone like you who's, you have this overarching plot and plan and I'm such a panster that I'm like, I literally create the world and I just drop my people in it and see what happens. <laughs> like, that's where I'm at, right? 
So to hear that you have like, you have the whole outline of everything that's going to happen and you've been in this world for so long. It's cool to hear you talk about, because I can tell you're passionate about it, right? Like you're passionate about the world you've built and it just, it's really cool. Like how, how did you, I guess how, what was the spark for you that kind of brought you, I know you said something about Final Fantasy VII. Was that the only thing that sparked your imagination on this or was there something else? So Final Final Fantasy VII was like, so I was at least maybe six or seven or five when I played that game. Um, to put it shortly, this is what inspired me to want to write stories in general, and then I'll get into the other part yeah. of the book series. Um, basically, in Final Fantasy VII, just for context, there's a part where the game starts off with you being in this, um, a circular city. Eventually, there comes a time where a dramatic event happens and you leave that city and you're now out in the open world, and you can see an open field. You can see exactly how big the world is, which is not the impression you get when you first started that game. You think you're going to stay in the city. So as a kid, I was playing that, and I was like, this world is huge. And I remember like tears coming to my eyes and all that kind of stuff. My parents left um, that day to go do business. So I was literally at home alone, and I said, I want to create a game like this, or a story like this, that'll make people feel what I'm feeling right now, which is like freedom and all kinds of stuff. But that wasn't the moment where I was like, okay, I want to write. But it did it did inspire something where I just started making a bunch of fan fictions. I would take, for example, action figures um, of all kinds, like Digimon and all that kinds of stuff. And I would like – my mom had a china um, cabinet. It was really tall. I would climb on top of it. I'd put my action figures up there, and I'd pretend it was like a giant gothic castle. And I would just act out all these different kinds of stories. So going on to that fan fiction – um, really until I was like 16 years old, um, basically I was going through like, you know, a lot of rough stuff, a lot of, uh, like trauma and all that kinds of stuff. And I mentioned that because that's what the book series, d- um, dives into. It's a lot of mental health, a lot of, uh, trauma. Anyway, I'm going through stuff. I go to the library with my mom and, um, I go to the bathroom and it was one of those bathrooms where the entrance, it wasn't like a straightforward entrance. There wasn't a door. It didn't allow all the light to come in because it was like it was kind of like a maze. So anyway, the bathroom itself was murky. I go inside and I look in a mirror, and the mirror is like extremely murky. And I I I have this thought where I'm like, what if there was a world in that mirror that reflected ours? And it was just that kind of moment where I was like, crap, I have to write this down. I never had an original idea of my own. I'd been working on you know fan fictions, like I said. But that was the moment where first, the, the first thing I thought was, what if Hollywood takes this first? Has this been done before? I ran to Google and I was like, world about reflecting worlds or, you know, story about reflecting worlds. Didn't find that. I was like, okay, what about mirror worlds, parallel universes? Okay, no one did that. I need to do this now before someone takes it. So for the years writing that, every time I went to a movie theater <clears throat> or anytime I saw a commercial, I was like, crap, crap, crap. What if this is the one? What if this is the one where like someone took the idea? And after that movie, I'd be like, sorry, guys, I can't come out today. Sorry, guys, I can't play video games. I have to go write. And it was just me trying to make sure that at least if I got that one book out, I can copyright it and, I, and claim that. And yeah, and that's, that's kind of what um, pushed me in the very beginning. It's so funny that you bring up something so mundane as staring into a bathroom mirror because we've always, we're always talking about how the stories that all of us write are just basically daydreams that have gotten away from us. Um, And so I, 
I find it so interesting because everybody has this one mundane story that has sparked something that started um, them down the road of writing. I mean, for me, it was reading um, classic literature stories with my kids. I wanted to implement that into some kind of science fiction type thing. And so I went off and did that. And for you, it's staring into a foggy bathroom (laughs) mirror that, that sparks an entire trilogy of books. I mean... Did you ever think that it would become as big of a series as it has for you just off of that inclination? You know, not in the beginning. I I think because my biggest goal was really just to tell the story. At first, it was just to be able to tell it to myself. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's what it was because I'd come home from school or sometimes I'd be in school and I'd just be writing the story. But my goal was never to tell anyone about it. Um it really wasn't until I got like the first 50, 100 pages done where I was like, Hey guys, I'm writing a story. And people were like, what? And then it was the same reaction you got where everyone's like, but you play video games. Like you do this, you do that. Um, it was really when I saw everyone's reactions to the fact that I was even doing something so constructive, which is where they were like, or which is where I was like, okay, maybe this can become something. My first goal as a kid, because I was like 16 angsty and, all that kinds of stuff. I was like, how can I get someone like my dad or my grandmother or someone older with more experience to take this seriously? You know, personally, something I never liked in stories was where the teenager is able to beat a grown adult with experience and all this kinds of, um, you know, knowledge. So I was like, I got to get my dad and people like their age to take this seriously. What can I do? So then that's when I started plotting and I started asking myself, how far can I go with, with this plot? You know, Final Fantasy VII and a lot of mangas like Naruto, if you guys have, or if you've watched it. Yeah, you, you, you know that way. Yeah. So, like, you know, a lot of the best ones, in my opinion, what I've become a fan of is, like, things where there's a planetary crisis. I can't, it's harder for me to um, invest in a small town tragedy. Not to say that it, there aren't ones that, like, for example, Death Note. That's one where um, it's in a smaller area, so you can be like, okay, small cast, whatever. But... Anyway, I um, I got excited, <laughs> but what I what I've really come to like is just where the world or the universe is under pressure or attack, and that's when I was like, okay, you know what? What can I do with that? And pretty much that's what kept pushing it. That is that, that is really cool. Well, and talking about like the the pressure, so how I started my high fantasy is I was sitting in my backyard and my husband and I had been talking about how the seasons feel weird. So like transitions between summer and fall and winter and spring are getting very weird. And I was sitting outside and I looked out, we've got this big wooded area behind our house. And I looked out and I was like, what if, what if the high fey courts that control the seasons are under attack? And that's why we have a problem with our seasons. And it became one of those things where like, well, I know how I'm going to start this. And I remember coming in and I grabbed a pen and paper and they give me so much crap about it, but I grabbed a pen and paper and I started writing and they're like, Sarah, technology, you use a computer, write, write it and get it <laughs> written, like written down. But I don't plot anything. I know, like I knew how I wanted it to begin. And I know, like I knew how I wanted the story to end, but I create the world, kind of set up the character personalities or whatever, base them off whoever I'm supposed to want them based off of. And then I just drop them in the world, give them a weapon. And I'm like, hey, we're going to train you as we walk. 
And I had a moment where my villain, I called Daniel. I was like so mad. I was like, I'm, I, I'm so mad. I'm going to just erase him from the book. And he was like, that's, that's the point of the villain. If he's making you that mad, then your readers aren't going to like him. And I was like, but you don't understand how mad I am. Have you had that moment where you created a character and you're like, oh my, oh my goodness, I don't like this person or I don't like the way that this thing panned out, but you know that it needs to stay. Have you had a moment like that? Similar, similar. Like I've had moments where I was like, okay, I'll put it this way. I, I tend to find edgy characters very fun to write and also very entertaining. Um, have you guys watched Attack on Titan at all? Yes. <laughs> okay. One of my one of my favorite animes, and uh, I finished it manga wise, so I won't say anything about that. Um, but what I what I liked about that show or series is that it allows you to be able to see. It allows you to be able to be able, or to be able to choose what kind of character you like. Do you like the character that is stubborn? Do you like the character that wants to play the hero? Right. Or do you like the character that is completely morally gray? And it, and by giving yourself that freedom, I would I would take that to then writing and I'd say, okay, you know what? I don't agree with everything this antagonist says, but I think that makes it easier for my characters to hate him, and as a result, possibly readers. But it's like it's weird because I know what's in my antagonist's head, so. I understand him. So I'm like, you know what? It's fine, buddy. It's, it's been rough in your past. Just do whatever you want. Um, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like because I'm watching them. So from such a far place, it's hard for me to be attached in that way. However, that doesn't mean that killing characters is hard or uh, easy. I, I can't, I can't do it. It's hard when it does happen. I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm, I'm sorry. It had to happen, but you know, and then, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, it's tough. I had. Two I, don't, I don't know about you guys. I had two characters I had to kill, and I spent an entire day like dreading writing like the <laughs> scenes. And I came out of my office, and my husband was like, "What?" And I was like, "I don't even know if I can go." And he was like, "Did they need to die?" And I said, "Yes." And he goes, "Your hero has to be pushed to action, right?" And I was like, "Yes." And he goes, "Do you want to read it to me?" I said. No, <laughs> but their death, like their deaths. And I've even talked to Daniel about this. Their deaths that like, I regret, right? Like I don't like killing them. They're very likable characters, but both characters that I had to write these deaths for their arcs were done. If I didn't kill someone, my main, my female main character probably wouldn't have any heart ties to complete the job she has to complete. So but I knew my husband's like, why don't you kill her husband? And I'm like, yeah, no, that turns her into a villain. We can't do that. <laughs> like, there's a line. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> there's a there line. Like, for us. <laughs> yeah, there's like, there's certain characters you just can't touch. And and when you do, it it literally changes everything. Like that, mm-hmm. that was one thing. I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything. But with my second book, for example, you know, for the... Like in the first book, it starts off being primarily mystery and um, psychological thriller. But then the second one, it becomes less of the psychological thriller, more about action and then fantasy. And then in the third book, because of a tragic death, major death that happens at the end of it, it now throws the re- or well, I guess the readers and the characters into the wild or in survival mode. And that book, probably my favorite one, because it gets you into the open world 
is my favorite because it's it's survival. It's literally fighting for your life, and um, and it's all because of that one death. And that's when I'm like, well, I guess it really did have to happen. But this is what I wanted. I wanted to build like a false sense of security and start everyone off, and then show them like, hey, it's not a game anymore. It's, yeah, it's real. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like you have got a really, really fascinating world laid out. Um, I, I'm i more of a panster than a planner on anything. Um, I've noticed on my second book that I've had to start planning because I'm hitting pot hole, plot holes a lot. Um, and so <laughs> did you, have you always been this in-depth with your planning for your story or has it just evolved into a much more plan-oriented thing over time? I started, so when I first started the story, because it was pretty much me venting into it, um, it started off as just writing from point A to, what's the difference again? I think plotter is self-explanatory, that's the outlining, and then uh, panther is just, just someone who flies by the seat of their pants. You drop your character in and they kind of just do their thing, you know? <laughs> okay. Um, so I would say I started off pantsing, like when I was really young. Um, I started this out literally just... Leon wakes up in bed or, you know, and then this happens and then he switched to another world. And then I just kept kind of going down the line. But then I, as, as what happened to you, I started running into walls where I was like, okay, wait, I need a character for this. Wait, nope. There's another problem. I need lore for this. What does this even mean? How does time work here? And then I was like, you know what? I need to zoom out a bit and then come out with an outline. So that's when I came up with, um, I didn't know the structure at the time, but I, I created like five acts and um, those five acts I thought was supposed to be the first book. And then that's when it expanded and became a book series. Because I was like, there are way too many events. Right. But what I also knew with that, um, because of the, com- the complexity of, you know, the multiverse and all that kinds of stuff, I was like, if I did this in one book, it would be way too overwhelming. I, I should probably focus on things in, in layers. Um, so that's when I started becoming more pot focused. I said, okay, in book one, I can go from here to here and then we'll just stay at that book two, et cetera. And um, I pretty much just stuck to that. But in terms of what I am, I'm honestly, I feel like I'm a hybrid. I feel like I'm in between. I start out with outlining um, and I, I outline multiple times and then I'll expand on those outlines by going in between. I'll fly by the seat of my pants and then I'll outline again and then I'll shrink everything. And that's when it becomes a book. That's just me personally. I think that's a really good method to take. I I think that flying by the seat of your pants can get you in trouble really fast um, when you're, when you expand past, especially standalone stories, because then you're tying stuff into previous novels and it can get messy. Um, But I think, I think it's best to let your story grow organically. And I think that's the, that's kind of what I'm trying to get at is that um, you can plan all you want, but you, but to let the story grow organically really, really helps readers get into it. And so being somewhere in between, I think is a great thing to be. For sure. For sure. So we asked this, uh, what is a piece of advice, like the best piece of advice you've gotten or a piece of advice you give to people who are like, Hey, I'm wanting to start writing. I'm wanting to indie publish like piece of advice. You know what? Um, I, I mentioned this to Elia and I, I think I might even mention it again too. Cause I think, <clears throat> I think it's so important for anyone starting out first. Are you guys fam- familiar with the game super smash like ultimate or anything? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So you'll get this analogy. I think this is perfect for when you're trying to start anything new. 
in Smash, there for for anyone that's watching it doesn't know, um, there are about sixty four characters that you can pick from to play. It's a fighting game. Um, <clears throat> whenever people start, they'll say, "I'm gonna play this character, but I'm going to watch a bunch of YouTube tutorials on how to play that character based on how this professional plays them." And I normally advise against that <clears throat> because what ends up happening is you didn't get a feel for that character yourself. You didn't understand the fundamentals of how fall, how fast they can jump or fall or strike or anything like that. And as a result, now you've become a, um, a clone of that person that you watched. What I normally suggest is play that character. Find a way for them to lose and to win. See what their weaknesses are. And then when you finally figure them out and, you're, and you know you're your own person in terms of who you play and whatnot... Then go and look up tutorials. See if there are tricks and say to yourself, oh, you know what? I didn't think about that. I could try it this way. And in terms of writing, it's kind of that same thing because there's so much writing advice that goes out. And one thing I try to do is make sure I'm not giving official advice. I'm just basing it off my experience. So it's like when it comes to your originality, when it comes to your imagination, the rules are going to put you in a box. There's a reason why they say, you know, lawyers shouldn't be creative because they'd make up all the laws at that point and, and there'd be, they'd get in a lot of trouble. The opposite of creativity is rigidness. So if you put yourself in a box with all those rules to fear, you're not going to write your story. You're going to be so cautious of trying to make yourself this perfect writer the first time. And it's not going to be fun. I've seen a lot of people quit throughout the years doing that. And um, so I just, I think it's better to write your story the way it is the first time, figure out what it is, and then come back and get those rules because it's going to be so much easier when it's time to come back and um, and remove the little changes that you did instead of making something so strong based off those rules and you're like, oh, I've got to adjust this. I've got to fix this. It's just less work in my opinion, but that's my advice. That's really good. That. <laughs> that's really good advice. And I have to ask now, who's, the, who's your main on Super Smash then? I have a lot. Um, <laughs> my, the one I, okay, so Sephiroth will probably be my main, my, I guess, but Donkey Kong is probably the character I play the best as. <laughs> he allows me to be able to play hyper aggressively, but I could also goof around with him and I can relax at the same time. I also really like Peach. Peach is probably my main. See, I don't know. I play a lot of characters. I, I uh, when they released Sora, Sora immediately became my main. I don't care how bad I am with him. I'm always, I'm always Sora. So, nice. Yeah. Any uh, other questions there? I don't think so. Okay, I think we're wrapping up here. Where can people find you, Justin? So, if they want to find my website, that would be in my bio. If you're following me on TikTok, but if not, it's theothersideseries.com. Um, there you'll actually be able to dive into the world of my book series. You can find things like how to reflect your name and meet your reflection. You can find all the character art. You can find where also to buy the books and even about myself. Um, and then all the books are available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and plenty of retail, retail, uh, retail stores online. And it's also available as an ebook. I also have an audible that's currently being developed. Um, the second one at least. And, um, yeah, it's all on the website. And we will for sure share your links like in the description so everybody can click and follow you and find you and all that jazz. This has been awesome. Yeah. Like this was fun. Really good. Like we're going to talk to you again. I'm putting (laughs) that out in the universe. Hopefully, right? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But 
Thank you guys so much for joining us. Like and subscribe. We will be available on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Amazon Music, and obviously on YouTube. So yep. thank you guys so much. Thank yeah. you, Justin J, for joining us. We appreciate it. Perfect. Thanks for having me on. It's been fun.